Hi, this is Chiezan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you. Observing, which is what I always say, the basic teaching that I'm promoting here is uh, to observe. Shikantaza is observing what this is. And that comes and goes and gets larger, gets smaller, gets lighter, gets darker, and so on. Constant change, fluctuation. The tendency of the mind is to fixate, to protect an imaginary person. We want, we want to have a reference point. Are we doing okay? Is this good? Does it work? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? We have these little conversations with ourselves. So if you're observing, observing doesn't fixate. So if you're actually observing, you, you won't latch onto anything. And especially the way I teach this, this is not about developing a really good meditator or becoming more and more aware. That's just, uh, I'm going to use the fancy word there. No, I'm not. I, I've decided not to swear. I'm going to say, that's just stupid. How's that? <laughs> no, it's not. It's some people teach that way. If, if you're learning shikantaza, I mean, if you're not shikantaza, but perhaps shikantaza, but if you're learning mindfulness awareness practice or, or uh, shamatha vipassana, or Shini and Lak Tung is the Tibetan for the same thing. It, it's about creating a meditator and then slowly developing panoramic awareness. To me, having done that for decades and taught that in the Shambhala tradition, I, I didn't really come to a decision about it. I just stopped teaching it and started practicing Shikantaza. And then eventually I started teaching Shikantaza, which means sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Simply put, that's the instruction. Eyes open, all the senses are open, just receive. And that way you personally get to actually look at whatever's moving in your mind stream, and that is your object of meditation. And it may go this way, it may go that way, it may get brighter, darker, it may rattle around a little bit, it may cause some frustration. Just observe, because as soon as you lock down on anything with an idea, opinion, anything at all fixation and that uh, the the investigation or shall we say the observation stops because you you started to look at what you think it is you started to actually look at your concepts just a way of talking about it You're probably not looking at anything but what is being emphasized is just observe what comes and goes watch it it's like watching birds like watching fish like watching clouds, nothing holds still. And if something in your mind is holding still, well, just watch that then. But it's probably fixation. There are literally hundreds of meditation teachers that will tell you the opposite. Go there. I'm not trying to keep you here. This is not a prison. It's not a cult. You don't have to do this. I even say often, do something else. You see something else? Don't listen to me. I'm not here to convince you. I will not guarantee anything to you. To me, that's a uh, that's 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 disrespectful to someone to guarantee something so they can work with your little guarantee. This may be a total, uh, totally devastating to your consciousness, to your ego. It probably will be. 
How can you get ready for that? I don't know if you can. But you can use the three jewels, the teacher, the teaching, the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, the dog next door, part of our Sangha. He just kind of jumps in the middle of it. Everything is part of this. There's nothing to keep out. That doesn't mean that we open the door and let all the neighborhood's uh, squirrels and raccoons run in. No, we keep some kind of a boundary. We have some kind of a situation where we have forms that are not obeyed but are observed. So we come in, we hold still, sit down, hold still, watch the mind come and go. We need a structure, we need a form. It's been around for 2,500 years. I don't need to invent my own religion. But how I teach this may not be how it's taught other places. I teach out of what I'm looking at, not what I was taught. I taught out of what I was taught. Uh, sounds it's kind of tautological, isn't it? If I taught out of how I was taught, then I would just repeat what I was told and, and then wonder if I was getting it right. I, I'd have to check with uh, my teachers to see if I was doing this all right. If you realize your true nature, you don't have to check with anybody. Because right, you're beyond right and wrong. I'm not saying you don't see painful and pleasurable. You see it, but you see those are not two separate things. And if you see it, the kind of confidence that comes up, talked about in a relative way, is unconditional. It has no conditions. Because you're not separate from anything. You're not separate from your own life. You're not separate from your own death or the life and death of everyone. It's not some romantic feeling. I am so wonderful. I feel at one with everyone. I love everyone. No, I don't. Quite often you piss me off. Yes, I'm looking at you. <laughs> no, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at Michael. No, I'm not. Mioka, straighten up. You don't know where I'm going with this, do you? And neither do I. I don't need to. I don't need to know, have a reference point, and you don't either. You can actually sit down and collapse right into whatever this is. Just be genuine. Stop being pretentious about everything. This doesn't mean that you're going to erupt and break the windows out and jump off the roof. And not, It doesn't mean that you're going to have outflows out of what you are receiving as inflows from your karma, from dependent origination, from the totally impersonal activity of relative truth coming and going, showing up, getting large, getting small, getting warm, getting cool, getting sh sharp, getting soft. Just observe that. This is the nature of consciousness. It's not about a person. But it will feel like that for a long time until you realize who you are, until you realize your true nature is beyond all of this. You have no position. And if a position shows up and it looks like you have a position, then look at that. Don't necessarily, oh, I can't have a position, that's fixation. So observing, if you're actually observing what's happening, the ego mind will start to get upset about that and will probably come in and try to bring solidify something or fixate on something so you feel like you have some kind of reference point. And so I, and the way I talk about this, I give you a little bit of help there by saying, rotate between the senses. All the six sense fields, including the mind, are, you can just look at them. 
what arises in the mind, thoughts, emotions, feelings, memories, what happened yesterday, what's going to happen in three days, all arising in the mind. Just observe. Fix nothing. When I say stay in your senses, I'm not mean, saying maintain it. I'm saying, how does this feel? How does this taste? How does this smell? Whatever that is, don't go beyond or add on to whatever rises in the mind with your ideas about it. That's the way that the ego mind revitalizes itself. So it's somebody that's going somewhere that has something to do or getting something right. Or the other way around is to feel like you can never get anything right. That's also ego. Taking any position, right or wrong, up or down, back or back and forth and all that. Position, position, position. So that's the way you will know if you're sitting still, sitting symmetrical. There's another uh, instruction that I give. And you're just observing. You won't know it. Awareness doesn't have a knower. If it has a knower, that's ego. It doesn't even have a witness. Sometimes it goes into something that's been called, at least by Trungpa Rinpoche, Trungpa Rinpoche, the witness of the witness, that you're watching the watcher kind of thing. Anybody had any experiences like that, watching the watcher? Anybody ever lived in Philadelphia? Same kind of question. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. There's no, partic no particular gaining idea there. Anytime you're making any progress at all, it's not that there isn't progress, but anytime that you, any place that you feel like you're getting somewhere, this is a very nature of delusion. And I realize it's taught differently in different places. As, as I say, find something better, go do that. Another way you can work with this is ask me questions about this and don't hold back. If you see something, feel something, understand something about this. We just lost Susan. I'm sure Susan hasn't lost Susan, but we did. I have a question about very simple instruction. Go ahead. If we're observing, can fixation still arise? Yes, can. But it's just move. It just moves on. It just shows up. You see it, and you don't stop it to be not fixated, and you don't make excuses for it for a reason why you're being fixated. You just see what it is. It's just that fast fixation, and then it cannot get any traction because it's like, it might as well be. Uh, uh, trying to be anti-gravity. Well, good question. If the fixation doesn't move on, does that mean we're not observing? Yes. But if you see that the fixation is moving on, that's also not observing. You follow that? You can't follow that because it doesn't make any sense. So you can't follow it with the thinking process. You have to see it with awareness. And if you see it with awareness, you know that there isn't anything else but this. And even this is suspect because the possibility of laminating your ideas, your opinions, your positionality onto something else in order to protect yourself is very, very powerful.
Are concepts inherently fixated? They're structures. The concept, the concept of uh, of warm weather, the concept of uh, anything, the concept of Buddhism, the concept of the three poisons. Those are all definite positions on relative truth. Is that what you're asking? I'm wondering if we can talk about what's showing up without fixating on it. Yes, I'm doing it. So uh, how can I say that and you not just do what I'm talking about? Do you know? It's, it's not something you do. If it's something you do, there's going to be that little tiny sliver of a, of a consciousness that is coiled up into a me feeling that is doing that. There's, there's no solid identity of self and other there. That's gone. It isn't that you don't see the otherness everywhere. And you don't, you don't sense or see the selfhood, selfness here, but you're not deluded by it. You see that it's, it is an illusion. And if you see that it's an illusion, no matter what arises in your mind stream, you're not buying it, you're not selling it, you're not ignoring it. You're not doing anything with it. You're, you are living, and even though there's a physical form here, you're, 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 uh, your presence is not dependent on a physical organism anymore. Odebang, are you saying that as long as we believe in uh, a separate identity that we cannot truly observe bowing? As long as there's a belief that you're somebody going somewhere, and, and there's all kinds of versions of that. Everyone's going to do this a little bit differently. Uh, if a person has a tendency to be more, um, more say, more emotional or more uh, uh, Padma form, more uh, uh, tied up in their feelings and their emotions, there's certainly going to, going to be some kind of chemistry of think, the thinking process, but it's, it's different mixtures of the same thing coming and going. Concepts that, that curl up into a tight a lockdown, like an idea or opinion or judgment or prejudice. Prejudice is really difficult to deal with in a direct way without trying to push it away. And as soon as you push it away, it comes back up and it might come up in a hidden way. Where you're not really, quite often we'll hear people say, well, I'm not prejudiced. A very nature of prejudice is to think you're not prejudiced against anything, whether it's against people of a different skin color or people of a different, uh, different uh, uh, culture or heritage. More? When we're on the cushion, when we're still on the path, uh, we're watching what moves. <coughs> is it not possible to observe? What does he want to know? As long as we believe that there is a separate identity, we can't truly observe, is that? But, but eventually the consciousness itself, uh, slowly over time through training, stops supporting or fueling the separate identity through pushing, aggression, through pulling, passion. And of course, there's all kinds of ways of talking about passion and aggression. There's all kinds of aggression that isn't the, the just somebody picking up a club and hitting something. There's, there's aggression that is very, very sneaky that people do with smiles on their faces and with, with uh, concepts that totally justify hurting someone. We're just trying to help you. Sometimes we do that with children. This hurts me more than it does you. Have you ever had that happen to you? With one of your parents knocking you across the room? 
Don't answer that question. <laughs> Do we get to the end of that question? On the body, so when we're on the cushion, we are sharpening awareness. Yes. But that's not the same thing as observing following. Is that correct? Following? You're by watching what moves, you're observing. But as soon as you close down on something with ideas or judgments or anything, anytime you lock down on it, you can have a daydream and be sharpening your awareness. You can be falling asleep and sharpening your sharpening the awareness as long as you're not jumping into some kind of a, a dynamic about while you're falling asleep, while you're doing that. And again, that's not wrong. That also sharpens the awareness if there's if there's a if you're just watching the movement, but if the movement is providing you or any consciousness with some kind of identity of someone who is watching, someone who is not successful, someone who's meditating very well, feels very blissful, someone else who's not meditating so well, so well, because you're just full of thoughts. A any position you take on any of that is uh, a form of fixation. So we have to see the fixation. As we meditate, we have to be aware that we're locking down and watch that. If you try to stop locking down, that's the very nature of samsara, circularity, is wanting things to be different. So what you're training yourself to do is receive whatever shows up. That doesn't mean you accept it. I'll never use that word. If I do, you should point it out to me. Hey, but you weren't going to say accept. I probably will use it in the next 10 minutes. If you accept, it creates a, an aspect of consciousness that is an acceptor, someone who is just accepting. Sometimes we'll even say, well, I'm just trying to accept things. Ego. Be with all things. Can't even do that. So that practice is seeing how you can't do that. That's the awareness part of that practice. You cannot see to, succeed at being with all things because there are no things. There's just this. And it is outrageously, outrageously vivid and unreal. It's so vivid. It's here. It's solid. Eric, what is that little person's name? Eric Bowing. This is Elowen. Elowen? How you doing? How you doing? Ah, me too. I'm doing pretty good. You're very tiny. You probably don't think so. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you. Further questions? When you say observe, we observe our Buddha nature too, along with the, our narratives? Probably. You might not recognize it, but it's there. It's right in front of you. It might be covered up with your ideas, your 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 convictions, your conclusions, your prejudice, your, your, your me, me, me and my stuff, my ideas, what I think, what I don't think, what should happen, what shouldn't happen, what's been done to me, what I've done for others that they're not grateful for. <laughs> it's tiring. So just observe. When you see your Buddha nature, if you see your Buddha nature, it won't be anything but your Buddha nature. 
but the illusion is still there of the separation. You still you see the illusion and the Buddha nature at the same time. We know. What was the name of your title? I mean, of your title? Uh, raccoons in the treetops. I don't know what was it. I heard the observing. Observing, observing, is. What do you say? Not fixation. Doesn't. Do, doesn't what? Fixation. Thank you. Observing doesn't fixate. So if you're actually observing, it's very fluid. It's I sometimes use a image of fish in a pond. You know, they don't know what they're doing. It's, it's like your thoughts. Your thoughts don't know what they're doing. But we add in the element of me, and then we watch our thoughts. And if we really start to meditate, we'll realize that thoughts are all over the place. Then we might talk to our meditation teacher and say, I can't stop my thoughts. And then the meditation teacher will say in probably the same squeaky voice, you're not supposed to. Really? Not supposed to have my thoughts? No. You're just supposed to observe. Got that, Andre? Good. You're bowing. So, what is it that observes when we fixate? Uh, well, consciousness is observing, except it is uh, it is cloaked in a self that is that has opinions, ideas about what's right, what's wrong, what should happen, what shouldn't happen, and everyone has a different version of this, and that's why there's the illusion of personalities that are different. Like sometimes we'll even hear somebody say, "We might say, well, I'm the kind of person that never goes fishing in January. I just don't. I don't like to dig through the ice. You know, I'm the kind of person that uh, I don't brush my teeth. I've heard that that's bad for you, so I just don't do that." And then the other person would say, well, how about that bad breath? What do you do about that? Say, I gargle in vinegar. God, I never thought of that. Where did you hear that? YouTube. I heard the same thing on TikTok. I mean, you know, it goes on and on. And the conversations are just circular all over the place, and they go nowhere. But the, but the ego will feed off from that kind of a conversation with the illusion that you're actually having a, there's an other person that you're having an interchange with. This is just crazy. That bird is making more sense than most of our conversation because it's absolutely genuine. It's not that your voice isn't genuine. It's the backup area of the consciousness that thinks there's something right, something wrong. There is nothing to correct anywhere. I'm not saying there isn't a horrible stuff happening in the world perpetrated by people who are suffering intensely. And the only way they can stop t t suffering is to make others suffer. And then they don't suffer because they're in charge. So therefore, they can wipe out whole countries or kill people and justify it because, well, at least I'm trying to save the world or whatever they might be doing. Is that circular pattern that you just spoke about fixation? Say more. It was as if you had... Two conversations going at once between a couple of people. So when we get caught up in that circle, are we fixated? Yes, we're fixated on the on thinking that we're making sense, so that the other person is not. I need to talk to them about this, or they don't really understand my point of view here. We'll continually mix up stuff. Conversations are quite often. Sometimes record your conversation with one of your friends or with anyone, and then listen to it later. Take it you've done that. Yeah. It's very painful to listen to some of the things you wish you hadn't said. You know, listen to, uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But maybe she didn't really hear me. 
I have a picture, I have a tiny cassette about this. What do they call those micro cassettes? I have a little micro cassette of uh, my, my wife, Mary, who was long, long ago passed away. I think it was 1985. I was sitting on my, my work table or something. And I keep thinking about it. Well, listen to that again. I don't want to. It'd be very painful to go back to that time. Because I thought I was right then. And that, that it's painful to see what you're perpetrating onto other people by your so-called knowledge or insight or prajna or wisdom. But in your mind, I'm just trying to understand the process of observing. What do you want to without know? fixation? You watch the fixation. That's why we do it. We watch, observe how, and it starts to feel. I'm not, I'm not condemning you to anything, but we watch how we we just get more and more caught in our structures and our emotions and our feelings. And, and eventually it starts to show up as fear because we begin to see as we go along that we don't really know who we are or what's happening. If you think you do, then this is the very nature of samsara. Belief in a separate self who can get somewhere. Belief in a separate self who can win, who can lose, who can get ahead who can enjoy themselves, who can be in pain, just go on. All the polarities apply. Who can be jealous, who can not be jealous. Who can be have full of pride, who can be full of shame. Very rare to find someone who uh, finds a middle way, which is the very nature of the teaching of the Buddha is the middle way. Not too tight, not too loose. Been around for a long time. I'm really distracted by Eric's little person. <laughs> That's a lot more interesting than you guys. <laughs> what a cutie pie. Yes. Since you bowing, what is fixation exactly? Ignorance. It's a it's a deliberate ignoring of something. Because you're what what shows up use this what shows up is dependently risen and it has its own self-existence because it's dependently risen it's like a leaf that hasn't come out on a tree yet suddenly it comes out and you see it and then we stop it we fixate on it and we stop the, the whole the life is taken right out of it because we want things to be different we don't want that it's the wrong time for that leaf to show up we don't want it so we fixate on it with our ideas our opinions are prejudice you don't like that. That's threatening. I don't like that. More? It's not coming up. Shoto? Shoto bowing. Is relative success fixation bowing? Well, it could be. If you have success, uh, like you just built that that uh, altar or you're going to talk about your altar, Robin. Is that okay? Okay. You just built that. And there was that one part that didn't work where the leg was crooked and you got mad and ripped it off and started hitting the top of the thing and put those dents in it. And then you thought, well, that's going to make it look more antique. So by that time you were over being mad and then you put it back on. And that's why those, what those dents are in the top of that Robin. <laughs> No, that's untrue. None of that happened. 
but it happened in our mind. It happened as we talk about it. It happened just like listening to a, watching a movie or reading a, a book. People make things up. We're constantly making up this world all the time. We're inventing all this stuff. Our relationships, everything is incredible. Uh, the only way you can see this that I know of, and I'm not saying I have a corner on anything, is to see that everything you look at is empty of what you think it is. This is a teaching of the Buddha. It's not just some old guy here making stuff up. And you can see this yourself. You can see that it is empty of your perception of what you're receiving. It's not what is there because what you're actually receiving, and I'll, I can say it very simply, but you have to see this. It's not an opinion about it or it's not a, it's not a conclusion about it. It's not even a concept about it. It's a way of pointing at it using concepts. You're not separate from anything. The worst horrible criminal in the world is your heartbeat. It would have to be. It would have to be that way. But that criminal, that terrible person who was inflicting whatever on somebody else, is that's how they get rid of or escape their, their fear, their hell realm, by blaming others, sometimes with more than just a finger. It's powerful stuff. And what are we all doing here? We have an inkling that that's probably the case. Having read a few lines of uh, wisdom, maybe from the Buddha, maybe from one of the lineage holders down through the centuries. And we're here because we want to understand this more deeply using sitting practice of meditation. There's nothing to join here. This is not a particularly, particularly a cult. You don't have to stay here. There's nothing to obey. There might be a whole lot to observe, but nothing to obey. Further questions? Fred. Is um, producing or creating things fixation? Going? Well, there's a lot of ways, a lot of things we produce. Did, you know, you, you fix supper, that's, you know, follow a menu or make stuff up to eat. That's there's a little bit of fixation happening, but not much because there's no real demand there. The, 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 so that's fluid. You're fixing some salad, you're moving here and that's done. And now you need to get some help doing this, or you have to run back to the store because you need butter for this. And all you have is uh, olive oil and that can't be used. And, you know, I'm just making things up, but it's that kind of thing. So, you know, it's creative. You're with it. You're not threatened by anything. But, you know, uh, in my situation, if I come into Uno's kitchen, you don't mind me using that as an example, do you? Of course she doesn't. This is the Dharma. Everybody in here is a granny. <laughs> she doesn't want anybody in the kitchen when she's trying to fix something. I can't come in and say, can I help you? No. It's kind of like that. Leave. So what do I do? I'm very lazy. Didn't want to help anyway. I knew she would kick me out of there. I would get to go take a nap, which I did. So I'm just saying to come back to your question, sometimes that creativity gets tightened down. Sometimes for people who are so intensely serious about their creativity and about their identity and who they are, they start to suffer because they can't get the results out of the creativity, can't write the song they want, can't write the poem, can't paint the picture. Uh, Van Gogh is a good example of someone who, right after he painted a masterpiece in the cornfield of the crows flying over, he shot himself. At least that's how I recall the story, which I read 50 years ago. Horrible situation, but it's causes and conditions arise that take people into terrible hell realms that they, and they're in their, they're in their mind. 
you know, what am I going to do? Do I do this or what? What do I do? This painting is a failure. I'm never going to be a, a great artist and impress my uh, my brother, Tail. You can't. Whatever it was he was trying to do is a horrible thing. And everybody gets, uh, if you see his paintings, I wouldn't say he's the greatest painter who ever lived by any means, but he was an astonishing artist. His sense of color and shape and form was uh, incredible. And if you go and look at that, you wonder how someone who could paint such beautiful things would take their own life. How could they fall into that kind of a pit of demons? Well, all kinds of situations arise. Elizabeth says, Elizabeth Lonoff says, there's a theory that Van Gogh was shot off the cushion. How can we recognize when we are fixating on a position like science or value besides having gotten into an argument? Well, did you want to argue with me about that? Of course he was shot by himself. If you think he was shot by somebody else, how does that help anything? It's not going to help anything. There's no way you can know. Off the cushion, how we can recognize when we are fixating on a position like science or value besides having gotten into an argument. Just don't argue. Even if you're right, if you're correct about something relatively, you don't have to, you don't have to argue that. You would respect the person's confusion, which you're not going to be able to do if you don't respect your own confusion. And what, how does that feel to do that? Stop arguing with yourself. And also, stop judging yourself. How do you do that? You, you see that you're judging yourself and you will witness it. You watch the judgment come up. You don't push it down. When I say stop, I know you can't stop. I, I haven't stopped anything. Intense anger that I had when I was 18 that got me into the Marine Corps, that's not gone away. But it can't find someone, a, a person who's angry. So the angry, have a good time, anger. Come through the window, fly around like a big bird. What do I do? I watch it. It can't, it can stick its talons in the wall or in the top of your head, but it can't find me. When I say that, I'm not saying I don't feel that. I do. The anger is still felt in the mind stream. That's why it's so difficult because the identity that we have with a body, that we are this body. Find out you're not this body. <laughs> Liberate yourself by looking at the chains. Liberate yourself by looking at the, the opinions and the judgments and everything that run our lives. So painful to see, see people hurting themselves when not necessary. Yes? Mr. Kudani, if you have to function while that anger is floating around, does the anger show come through your functioning? Whether Perhaps. Want to see some of it? So it's, it's available, but you're no longer operating out of a demand uh, of a self who wants something else. No matter what, you know, no demands. But if, you're, if, you're motive, if your uh, uh, MO for even being a human being, continuing to be a human being is to save all beings, which is what the vow that you received a while back, you slowly make that transference over from, from uh, wanting things for yourself to or wanting uh, uh, um, freedom for everyone. And how do you do that? First, you need to find out who you are so you don't project your own bullshit onto somebody else trying to get a, some kind of followers or something. Find out who you are so no doubt. Don't, don't get your proof 
from anyone or anything or any experience or any thought or any emotion. Emotions and thoughts won't tell you. The only thing it will tell you, or, or the only way you can really see it is through consciousness only. That's not a teaching I invented. So just continue to practice. Return to the cushion, return to the cushion. Return to the three jewels, the teacher, the teaching, the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. More? Thank you. Would you prefer to attack you? Okay. Go ahead, Yuan. Regarding, <laughs> regarding taking positions, if I say to me, uh, the only thing that I can see this is just just on my cushion meditation, no no matter what. Am I taking position by saying that, Bowing? Sure, but you're aware of that. So it's not about not taking a position. It's not about never being fixated. It's not about maintaining anything. It's about awareness. And awareness will see the fixation, and the awareness will see how the fixation gets fueled by hope and fear, and the awareness will see that. And it will, there's no guarantee. We make guarantees, then it, we come right back to relative truth. There are guarantees and proofs, and and here I'll guarantee this. Uh, you have to meditate, and I guarantee you, you'll attain realization. Oh, that's a... That's a, uh, that's about trying to control people or get people to do what you want them to do or join your crew or join your community. More, Yuhang? Yuhang Baoying, yes. And how can we see the Buddha nature then, Baoying? Continue. It's, a, it's like a mountain. You don't, if you're going into the darkness or you're going up a mountain, you don't know what's next. So you need someone, you need a teaching. You need a teacher, you need a teaching, and you need a community. Those three, do away with any one of those if you can, and it's uh, it's going to be more difficult to see because then it's much more easy to delude yourself in the you're getting somewhere or you're you're might even be awakened. Uh, you, you might be realized and just haven't realized that you're realized, but you're starting to realize you're realized because people are starting to listen to you when you talk about reality and stuff. I'm looking around for any takers. <laughs> you can't know this. It's not relative knowledge. You can't know if I look out the window and see a canoe out there that's painted red. Uh, did, do you, have you seen that canoe that said you don't own that? Who owns that canoe out there? I do. Is there a canoe out there? I don't know. You can't see it. You can't see. I can make up anything, but you can't see that. So anything I say is just like canoes in the side yard. You have to see it. You can listen to me. You can say, really, is that, can I actually see this myself? Like I'm encouraging you, Hong. Yes, continue, return to the wall, return to the teaching, whatever teaching, the 30 verses of Vasubandhu, the works of Dogen Zenji, things I might've said. It doesn't have to just be me. There's all kinds of Dharma teachers out there. They all teach in different ways. I teach in a very specific way that comes out of what I'm looking at. When I look in your face, I look in anyone's face here, this, the teaching changes slightly uh, to address the confusion I see in front of me in the form of any one of you. And I don't have to know you for very long to see it. Why am I, why am I laughing? I'm laughing because I know you're free. I know you're liberated. You don't. So therefore, you'll t torture yourself. Am I off on that a little bit? No, I know I'm not. How do I know? Because I've been there. I'm still there. 
I never left anything to go somewhere else. It's always this. It's this. It's perception only. Yes, sir. What does fixation ignore? Reality, put it bluntly. It covers up. And what is it covering up? The fact, the actual fact through your perception that you're not separate from anything. An eye cannot see itself. So therefore, you can't just look at something and see what's what that is in, in the relative way. But you can see what's true. And what is true? Nothing is separate from anything else. There is no subject and object. That's an illusion. And it's, it's propelled by fear of the unknown. It's propelled by hope for something better, God, some kind of God realm or success story. And it's all over. It's all over our culture. You have to get ahead. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to take balance of nature in pill form because they, they, they don't want you t- eating apples and cabbages. They'd rather sell you $90 a month worth of pills. It's disgusting. Michael Belling, if, if we're caught up in demands that are based on confusion, are we able to transcend those demands without leaving them? Well said. Uh, yes. It's just that it takes a lot of time, takes repetition, because you can't really repeat anything. But the appearance, the ego, that things are being repeated. You're coming to the wall, you're coming to the wall, you're repeating, because you are, you are not just you, but any of us are caught on that form. But if you see what this is, t- uh, time, uh, time really doesn't go by in the conventional sense. So you're, it's always new, it's always completely different. It's a different wall, it's a different form. Everything is constantly in flux. And yet, from the point of view of consciousness, nothing happens. If we've been practicing or we continue to practice, do we... You were talking about a monk was sharing with you about how they're having their thinking process fall apart, something like that? Yes. That was Coben. I mean, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. Uh, the, the thinking process, the whole identity comes apart. And if it comes apart without any teaching, then it, you know, you might end up in the, because then you will know what's happening. Then you will think you're going crazy. That's why we need a structure to the spiritual path because it, it is a, it feels like going crazy. It feels like going insane because your reference points are all coming apart. And so you're trying to patch things together or blame somebody for it or blame your teacher. But several people go the other direction. Are they doing something wrong? No, they're probably not ready to hear this yet. From the relative point of view, I'm totally crazy. And I don't mind. So therefore, it's not exactly crazy. Sometimes call crazy wisdom. I don't claim anything. My teacher called it that. Whether it's that or not, I don't I don't know if it is. More? Sure, going. If we continue to fall apart, will we lose our abilities that are built on fixation? No, it's much more fluid. You mean how to build furniture, how to build uh, uh, an altar for Robin? No, no, you'd be less concerned about the outcome. Therefore, you won't make as many mistakes. Like the one you you hit the top of it like that. Robin's still here? Yeah, there she is. It's okay, Robin. I was just making up stuff. Your altar is fine. 
I've seen it. It's beautiful. More? Beyond. Beyond bowing. Hearing your response to that question, the first one you asked had me wondering, is the spiritual path what you fall apart into? Into that? You don't fall apart into you. It's, it's, if you're going to use that kind of a dynamic, you fall apart as everything. You can't. You, the, what used to be an identity somewhere in this area here uh, is gone. There is no identity. There's no one here. They, these words are coming out of what I'm looking at. By looking at you, you tell me what I'm what I need to say. By and that way, I know what you're ready to hear. Some people are ready to hear it, and some people aren't. And if you're not ready to hear it, I'm not likely to badger you with it. What I might badger you with is, uh, you know, the fact that your last name used to be Badgero. But now it's, you don't have a last name anymore because you now have the name Biyun. What is your private name? It's, it's private. Don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You can tell me. What is it? Cochise. Cochise? Cochise? <laughs> dare me do that. <laughs> Is it Kochi? What's that mean? Fragrant earth. Fragrant earth. Wow. That's pretty romantic, isn't it? Fragrant earth. Fragrant. You wouldn't wrinkle up your nose. Have you noticed if you smell a flower, you wrinkle up your nose, even though it smells good? Never noticed that. What was your question? As I heard you respond to Shoto, I was just wondering if the spiritual path is something that you fall apart into as you go. If there's a falling apart, which Coben talked about, it's it's your idea of who you are and what the world is just comes apart. And yet, not everything is still there. It's still, as it says in the Zen tradition, one of the ways of teaching that is before awakening or enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, just do stuff, work. Uh, after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. It's like nothing happened, but it's like nothing happened. So that's why that teaching is there, so that it will help you not look for something else, because chop wood, carry water, that is awakening. And But it's not, it won't show up as your idea of what awakening would feel like. I will feel, I will be free, and I will no longer worry. And you know, the way I would say that, and the way I try to say it, is there's no solid being there anymore. There's still, the, the relative situation is still happening, maybe more chaotic. There may be more water to chop and wood to drink. Yeah, it may be more confusing. So you start to think you really are going crazy. But since you've been working on this path for a long time, years, uh, what comes apart is that part of the consciousness that has coiled up into a knot in the mind stream and is paranoid of other and there really there isn't any any other other than what you project there isn't anything to be afraid of but it's all over the place if you look at politics it's just intense the way people use fear of anything to gain control and control and power over others people are intensely terrified like the woman who just got shot right through the door. She went to knock. Uh, can't tell the whole story, but someone on the other side of the door was so 
threatened and the door was locked, they shot right through the door and killed her. Killed the woman. Heartbreaking story. While her children watched. That's that person's covering up intense fear. But what do we do with that person then is go and punish them rather than try to help them and help other people who are dealing with that kind of difficulty. I'm not sure how we would do that because uh, not many people are interested in this. And to me, um, might have to have some kind of mind training. Maybe not what I'm talking about, but something. More? Is it possible to have those intense emotional personhood knots at the same time as receiving everything else at the same time? Yeah. Yes, it's just that those are seen to be unreal. So your karma isn't going to go away. The shape of your ears isn't going to change. Your tendency to sleep in in the morning or, you know, anything like that that has been showing up relatively is probably going to still hang around. Maybe a few things will drop off uh, or a few things will may show up. Uh, you probably would be more respectful of, the, of other people's suffering and confusion instead of blaming them for even something they've perhaps done to you because you would see more deeply into this, who you are, and the, the chaos that's been going on in your mind that you've been trying to cover up, no longer covering that up. It's interesting how you see how anyone else who's covering that up, you see pretty intensely how they cover it up. They may be ready for you to help them with it, and they may not. But the least you can do is not make it worse for them by blaming them for something that they don't have understanding of. You follow me? Navid now. Navid. Um, does the observer move? I think Bill, there's there there's some movement happening there. Uh, what what is it you want to know? I, I heard your question, but is there something under that that you're asking about? Um. You say that watch what moves. I do. Uh, I was wondering um, where is the point of view of the observer? Okay, got it. So the point of view of the observer is aligned with the self-centeredness, the ego, the narcissism, until that which is being observed uh, and, uh, collapses into the observer or the other the, the observer. And what is being observed are no longer seen as two things. The, the two-ness has gone out of it. You can still see the observer quality. You can still see the observing quality, but there's no selectivity happening like I'm the observer or I am the observed. You don't do much with it. So there, there could be some movability there, but movability is always in relationship to something else that is not moving. Otherwise, you can't determine any, any movement. But so if, no, if, if nothing is any longer separate from anything else, then nothing really occurs. How could it? The occurrence is there, but it's an illusion. See that? It's an illusion. An illusion. It's there, but it's unreal. See it. See it yourself. You can see this yourself. If you're listening to me right now or tomorrow, you can see this. I'm sure of it. Whether you will or not, I, I don't know that because I don't know what is going to happen once you leave this room, and you might say, well, 
what do you mean by leave this room? I thought we never could. I thought nothing happened. How could I leave the room? Well, you have a good point. Here, I helped you with that. <laughs> it's because it's an illusion. Nothing is occurring. That's an illusion. That's an illusion. That's an illusion. What just happened? How many times? Not five. How many? Three. What's your question? Shoto has taken quite a while to come up with this question. I think I'm going to let Shoto talk and then Yuan, I'll come back to you. Go ahead, Shoto. Shoto bowing. When you say it's an illusion, is there something real that that's contrasting? Bowing. Something real that's contrasting? Now, once you see that it's an illusion, then even the, the illusion is a teaching form. It doesn't mean that it's an actual illusion. Is that helpful? No, you, what what is happening here? By the way, I'm responding to this. Is there's no you can't take a position on it. You can't if you take any position. That's the very nature of illusion. So if you if you take a, a position that everything is an illusion, then that's illusory. Any good chemical engineer ought to make mincemeat out of me. But they don't, they aren't here tonight. I don't see any of them. Let's see, Chi Shou's here, but he's got his screen blank, so he's probably taking a nap. No, he's not. <laughs> I spoke too soon. It's, it's the contradict, it's the, it's the polarity of it that, that tricks us, because we're, we're caught on thinking that something is true and something else is false. And it's both real and unreal. There's both a reference point and no reference point. So if you try to say everything is an illusion and try to make it live up to your idea of illusion, then that's just more uh, misunderstanding that can lead to circularity, can lead to suffering, can lead to warfare. Go ahead, please. Shoto Bowing, is that position that everything is an illusion, is that nihilism, Bowing? Yes, if you fixate on or demand that that's this is the truth, some some teachings of Buddhism in the past have, have kind of anchored themselves in certain view, viewpoints instead of seeing that anybody's interpretation of Buddhism is Buddhism. It might not be the Buddhism you want to practice, but without all of those, Buddhism would come apart. It needs Buddhism, the very teaching of awakening. It's is the idea that something is sl sleeping and needs to wake up. And if you think things are sleeping then you're wrong. See how easy it is for me to say that? <laughs> but you can challenge me if you have the, the wherewithal or acumen or whatever the fancy word. What is that other one? Other really big, long word that's really... Shisho, uh, give me a Sanskrit word so I can stop Shoto in his tracks. Shakrut. What is it? Shakrut. Chakrut. How was the pronunciation? Chakrut. That's good. good. What did I just say? Bullshit. Huh? Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. The Dharma talk is starting to go down. <laughs> yes, Chakrut. At least it was in Sanskrit. Is, is, there a, is there a final question from anyone that I can help you with something? You hung. You have a final question? No, you lost it. I said the wrong thing. 
You don't like me anymore? No, no. I ask so many questions. If no one asks, I will ask. Well, let's see if ever, uh, see if anyone asks. Uh, oh, Mark, Dr. Mark is going to ask a question about the fundamental nature of reality. Mark Bowing, uh, you, you make it uh, a separation between um, not two and that doesn't mean we're all one. Yes. I'm not sure I understand that. So no. the not two, the not two is a, a traditional way of just what's what it's called a via negativa. In other words, you use the negative to produce uh, something. So uh, just using a negative way of saying it's not two. But if you say we're all one, then it aligns itself with the, the, the intentions of that which thinks it's one. And that's the ego. So it's a to say not two is a allows a lot more spaciousness around that. That way the, the consciousness can go in and say, and be kind of befuddled by the two-ness that is obviously everywhere. It's not two. But if you say they're all one, we can kind of get on board with that and say, yeah, we're all one. I feel it here. Uh, it's uh, it's Shakrut. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I got you. Thank you. You got it. Good. I thought you would. Thank you all for coming together and uh, and asking questions and listening to this uh, this Dharma talk. Thank you so much. Sangha means a lot to me, and uh, I couldn't do this without your support. So thank you so much for your help. Please continue to help us if you can.